It's not live, but it is Friday. It's the news, according to me. <sighs> Good morning. It is Friday morning, 825. February, February 9th, 2024. And it's not live, folks. I, so I'm, I do apologize. This show is not going to be live this morning. Um, as far as you know, I, I might, what I'm, you know, I've always been, I thought, well, one of the things I could do actually, and this is kind of cheating, but I could, I could actually do the show, record it, and then post it as a live stream. And many people do that. I've, I've a lot of these premieres you see on YouTube, you see, what they do is they, they come out with this YouTube premiere thing. It's a recorded, it, it makes it sound like it's going to be live, but it's not live. It's just a video they post and it's a premiere and it, you can... You can comment live as it's going. You can comment like as if it's a live broadcast, but it's not, not necessarily. Now, it can be a live broadcast. It can be a live stream. But most of the time, 99% of the time, when you see those premieres, they're just videos that they just put out as a premiere. I, I don't know if they pay extra. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with those. I've never done one of those. I've, I've, I just don't do anything on YouTube anymore. I just, I've, I've been so disgusted by YouTube. Um, they they burned me several years ago before anybody knew there was shadow banning. They were shadow banning me, and I um, I knew something was wrong because I saw the statistics go crazy, and it was just obvious. It wasn't it wasn't anything that I changed, and it was so, and so the everybody kind of started playing the algorithm game. We'll just have to do what the algorithms you know require. We'll just try to talk people into giving us more thumbs up and more comments and sharing and doing all this stuff, getting our our. Patrons, rather than just, you know, organically things expanding on their own. I'm not playing that game. It's, it's, I'm going to put out my product and, and that's just what it's, what it's going to be. If, it, if people want to share it, they can. And I, and I appreciate it. And it's, I'm also not going to get paid for this. I don't get, I don't make any money on this. Now, if you want to send me a big fat check, uh, you're welcome to do so, but uh, I guarantee you 100% of the income from this podcast will go directly to an account in which I will pay my bills. There you go. So I, I guarantee you, you'll be aiding a, an indigenous Native American because I was born here in this country from parents who were also born here, from parents who were also born here, from parents who were also born here. So it's, I don't know how far back you have to go because we're not colonizers. There, there, nobody is establishing more colonies here in the United States and, there, and nobody's alive who ever did. So we're all indigenous. And I keep telling us we're a nation of immigrants. We're a nation of, a nation of immigrants, except for the indigenous people who migrated here before the immigration. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a confused old man. Speaking of confused old men, I have in my cup, I have a uh, chai with Cinnabon Kramer, which is extremely creamy and it's extremely delicious. I just want to tell you it's delicious. You can almost hear the deliciousness in the slurp. I just, I, I bet it's make, probably making you Jealous right now. In my backup cup, it's just a cup full of jealousy is what it is. 
In my backup cup, I have uh, this stuff called Celsius water that my wife has been buying. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It's kind of a. It's got kind of a tangy. Like this one's peach vibe, or maybe it's tro- no. It's, this one's tropical vibe. It's actually pretty good water. It's it's not. Uh, sh- it's it's sweet, but it's I don't know what kind of sweetener they eat. It says it doesn't have any sweetener in it, but I, there's got to be something in there because it's fairly sweet. It has some natural flavoring, but it it also has uh, it's kind of a, a vitamin B complex drink. It's not it's not an energy drink. It looks it kind of comes in a can that kind of looks like an energy drink, but it's not an energy drink. It's 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 uh, how you say it's uh, not an energy drink. It's 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 got the stuff in there that your body needs. That's I've kind of I've talked about this before. Vitamin B is not a uh, the B the B complex vitamins are not necessarily. It's like not like eating eating sugar, but what it does is it, it enables your body to transfer your your body's fat. The fat that your body stores into the energy that flows in your bloodstream that your, your, your body needs to you know do stuff. So it's it's, it's there when your body goes into what's I, I think it's called ketosis. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a I'm not a dietitian. I can't. Even, I don't think I can spell dietitian. I, I assume it starts with a D and ends with an N. You can fill in the everything else. But I have, uh, and I'm not a financial counselor by the way. Even though I did see my financial counselor yesterday. Actually talked to him yesterday. I'm going to talk to him next Thursday as well, because uh, you know when you got as much money as I do, um, you got to figure out what to do with it. I, I mean, I got wheelbarrows just full. I guess, uh, just yeah, move that one over there. Just put that uh, wheelbarrow. Just yeah, well, just just light that one on fire. We got too much. We got we got too, we got too way too much. Yeah, thank you, Roach. It's uh, sorry, sorry, I got distracted by the latest uh, mound of cash that just come flowing in. I have uh, a couple things to talk about. Boy, big news yesterday. Some big, big, big wonkers. Big wonkers going on. Uh, and some other things that just are happening around the world that I think it's worth talking about on my list of things to talk about today. Uh, but I, like I was saying, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. It's not, not going to be a live show. So uh, sorry about that. It's just, uh, you know, a live show doesn't really take that much more to to do in terms of the show itself. But it does take a little bit more preparation. And that's the, the problem with that is I can't just, well, I guess I could, but I can't, I can't really just jump on the show and, you know, I just, I guess I feel a little bit more uh, self-conscious or something about it because I feel like I have to, I have to up my game a little bit. You know, and this, this is when I'm doing a recording, if, if everything goes bad, if something goes wrong, I just stop and fix it. With a with a live broadcast, if things go down, now you're now you're, and that's what that's the worst part of it. Sometimes, uh, depending on the situation, you, know, you get booted off the offline, and then you got to go back and start over. Now you got two shows that are posted. This, you can't just start up where you left off on the show. And it's a little bit. I don't have the. Uh, you know, one of the things I do with this with this show is I'm able to copy and paste a lot of things into. Because every time you every time you upload a show, you got to put in certain criteria, certain fill in the blank stuff. You got to, you got to post a thumbnail. You got to do all this stuff. All that stuff is kind of in a little folder and I just pull all that stuff out and I, I have it on a document that I can change that I can access from anywhere I'm at. So I can just change the title, change whatever it is and just make really quick 
you know, just, just make very quick work of getting an, a show posted. In a live show, I would have to have I have to set all that stuff up again for a live show, which I probably could just do that. You know, okay, just do it. If I just did it, I just I, I just don't have the discipline to do that. I've I've got uh, I have been working on my book though. However, I just wanted to be. Uh, I think I think last week I think it was last Friday I mentioned that I was going to hold myself accountable to folks here on the show that I would be starting to work on my book, and I have started working on my book. I've committed to work a, an hour a day. I'm not sure I've. I've done on average probably an hour a day, but I'm not sure if I've worked every day for an hour. But I've, uh, which is really that's the key. It, it doesn't matter. You can work five hours one day and then not work the rest of the week. That's not the way it works. You need you really need to put in that time every day. When you're when you're establishing a discipline, discipline's an interesting thing. I I, I had a thing with um, I studied the martial arts for a long time, and and it's when I was a kid. And I, one of the things I learned about discipline was there's a difference between self-discipline and imposed discipline or compulsory discipline. This is one of the things that probably uh, I learned most when I got away from formal everyday training, going to class. It was very difficult to maintain and continue my training outside of class, even when I was teaching the class. And now the reason for this is there's, there's a certain level of expectation that goes, it's like, it's like going to the gym. You can have a gym at your home. Several people have experienced this. You have a home gym. Okay, I can work out anytime I want to now. I don't have to go to the gym. I don't have to waste all that time driving back and forth, going to the gym. People, it's, it's studies have shown that you will work out harder and more often if you have a gym membership where you go to the gym and actually work out. Now, the key to that is that you actually do it, first of all, <laughs> and you spend at least 30 days doing so. So you have a habit, maybe you only go to the gym three times a week, but you spend a calendar month doing that three times a week for a calendar month. That is the bare minimum. Now, if you do it for two months, if you do 60 days of something, anything, you discipline yourself, to, it becomes a habit. It gets ingrained into your, your I don't know, I'll call it DNA. It's not your DNA, but it's, it's your, your daily, well, we'll call it DNA, daily uh, notability acquisition. I don't, I don't really tell you, whatever. It, it becomes your daily uh, routine or weekly routine, it becomes a part of your life, you work your life around that. You start, you start, if you just try to go out and do, you, know, you can't go out and work out six hours one day and then say, that. well, that's, that's, I just did that for the month. Got all my six hours in for the month and rather than doing you know, 30 minutes three times a, day, a week for you know, the next, whatever, I don't I can't do math. I saw a thing the other day, it was, it was pathetic. These co college kids, college kids, on being interviewed on a campus, four of them. This guy goes, what is 15 times four? They were all stammering around with, is it 23? 20, it's 19, no, it's 20, 20, 19, 20, 20, it's 20. How much is that? They were trying, they were trying to figure it out. 
They came up, one person came up with the answer of 28 and was just positive about it. I was 20, 28, 20, 28. Everybody else went along with them. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go, yep, 20, it's got to be 28. This is our future, folks. Our future. Four times 15 is 28. But I bet you they can tell you all kinds of things about the gender studies. The, the, um, there's also some, some questions asked. This, uh, this one guy was talking about slavery and, and, uh, different things about racism, slavery, that kind of thing. And yeah, everything was wrong. Everything he said was wrong. And this lady schooled him, just went, took him to the cleaners on the whole thing. So we go to the cleaners. Um, <clears throat> There's an interesting, well, let's just talk about what happened yesterday. The big Tucker interview finally happened. It happened. I have not listened to it uh, in its entirety yet. However, I have listened, I have skimmed through it, listened to parts of it. Um, it's not exactly something I, I'm not real big on it. I guess it's, I, I saw in Tucker's uh the Tucker Network has it's already got five million views just on that one channel. Of course, everybody's trying to jump on the bandwagon with this popularity, this thing, trying to give their take on the Tucker interview. And I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm not. I, I may not even put it in the title of this this uh, podcast just because I don't. It's it's. I'm not trying to piggyback on anybody, but he, um, it was interesting. I, I think there was, there were a couple of different moments. One, one of the things that, see, see Putin li likes to go back through the history of everything that has happened to Russia and how you, the United States and, and Europe has treated him over the last, or treated Russia over the last 50 years. And it's, he sees things in a historical context, not just a day-by-day -day kind of weekly administration-by-administration administration kind of thing. And that, that's a very different way of looking at life in, in terms of the life of a country. He just he views his country differently, I think, than the, the, the Russian people see their country differently than, what, than the way most people see their country. There are people who love Russia and love Mother Russia and love being there and love the whole thing. They love all that, the whole thing. Not everybody wants to get out of Russia. There was a time in American history when we were led to, the, to believe that they were all captives there and they were all in prison and they were all basically couldn't get, they couldn't leave if they wanted to and, um, that, that's, that's not necessarily the case. But the, I mean, there, there, believe me, there are people there who would love to leave. It's no doubt about that. There's people here that want to leave. There are people who do, do leave. There are pe people who leave here and go there. Um, and then they find out. Now they, a lot of times they're treated, they're put on a pedestal because, oh, look, we have a defector. 
going to we're going to treat them differently. We're going to give them everything they want so that they can show the world how great we are. That that's, that happens. Uh, it does happen here too, by the way. So you become a celebrity if you're if you defect from Russia. Anyway, the the um, it's it's this just it's. But now, don't get me wrong. Communism is just and and they have kind of a neo kind of communism over there that's not really much like the CCP has total communism in its in its bones over there that everything's everything kind but they have all kind that they, they they play this game where they use on the world stage they use capitalism to bring in all their wealth and then they they make or break there there's plenty of millionaires over there all the oligarchs they have oligarchs in China. They don't, they, don't, they don't call them that, but that's what they are. They're millionaires, millionaires and billionaires over there. But the government makes them that way. They put them in those places. They, you don't get a choice of how you do that. You can't just start a little business, have an idea, start a business, and then you know, build it up to the point where you are a, a billionaire. That, that doesn't happen. They put you in those positions. And they can take you out of those positions anytime they want. The problem is, you know, people get so much money, then they they become more powerful. That's that's how the oligarchs stay in in their oligarchy. But I'm not a geopolitical professional. I don't. I just I'm the oligarch of my sound booth here. That's about it. Even outside of this thing, I'm not even sure of that. Sometimes, sometimes a cat comes in, and then it's all confusing in terms of who's in charge. We have uh, a lot of weird things going on in the world. So, so, so this whole thing with, with Putin, he, one of the, at one point, uh, Tucker asks him if he's going to let that. There's a journalist, I think it's a, is it a BBC guy or is it, is it a New York Times? I, I, think, it's, I think it's actually a US, uh, U.S. person, United States person that is uh, – Well, that's interesting. He's got a weird text message. The, the he uh, he asked asked him about let, letting this one person go, and he says, "No, that person was actually you know caught red-handed doing some kind of espionage, and so we're we're in the process of negotiation of some kind to, to you know to to do something with this." So I, who knows? Now he also says he wants peace. Now here, here's this. I think this is one of the key points that that Putin made. He said he he said this twice. He basically said he's ready to start negotiating now. He's which he's not. He's ready to start negotiating if people stop feeding them with ammunition. They stop fighting and and give them give them about give them a couple of weeks, give them a few weeks, and we'll we'll start negotiating. <laughs> so basically, give up, stop fighting, let the troops do whatever they want. In other words, finish the job, take over everything. Okay, we're going to give you two weeks here to do whatever you want, I guess, and then we're going to start negotiating. What is there to negotiate after that? There's nothing nothing left to negotiate. Now, I think – now, this sounds like something actually that I think we did to them. I think NATO did this kind of thing to them, and I think that's why he's saying it that way. Because what they told him at one point was they were trying to make a deal with, with Putin at one time. It might not have even been Putin. It might have been his predecessor. But he – I just recall this. This happened before the internet was big because it's not anywhere around. But I, I recall this kind of stuff. 
they made a deal with Russia. Of, it was some kind of deal. I think, I think it had to do with uh, Crimea, I think. I, but they did something and they went and they promised him something if he would stop doing something or did something this way. Give us two weeks or, you know, it'll, it'll take some time. And they went it went around. They Before they started the negotiation process, they did some. This this all that just sounds familiar to me. And I think he's sticking it back in their face saying, OK, you did it to me. I'm going to that's that's the way we're going to operate. That's why I'm going to go by your rules here. I, I don't know. Kind of odd, but. Um, anyway. That's what happened with part of it. Now, at the, at, the other, at the end of the interview, closer to the end of the interview, he says something about being ready to negotiate now. But supposedly he, he, could, he could end this thing in a few weeks if they are willing to negotiate. So, and, and what he's, he looks at the, the issue as a, he's trying to denazify, get the Nazis out of Ukraine. And there's, there's other geopolitical stuff going on that he was talking about as well, and he's he's kind of right about a lot of it. He's um, in terms of you know his his from his perspective what he's saying it, he's he is correct, and they obviously Ukraine is not a uh, neutral country that was supposed to be a buffer between NATO countries and his. He believes that most people in in, in Ukraine want to be part of Russia, obviously. He's, he's, that's that's kind of a blind statement there. He's 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 wrong there in the way they've fought back against Russia's takeover. They wouldn't have cared if Russia would have taken over. That'd have been the case. Speaking of blind leaders, we got then we have this issue of Joe Biden. So what? So Joe Biden's got himself in a little bit of a uh, stickily stickily wicked, you might say. We have um, Vivek Ramaswamy. I just heard him this morning. I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive. I'm pretty sure Vivek apparently listens to this podcast because he has been saying things that I have been saying for a while. One of the things that he said uh, on an interview yesterday, of course, this is after this, all this stuff blew up about Joe Biden not being competent because the DOJ, <laughs> DOJ put him in a tough spot. Now, this is going to put an incredible amount of pressure on Joe Biden. And I, I'll tell you what, uh, he's going to fall apart pretty quick. The, the one thing that even even in the midst of your mental problems and issues that you're having personally, when you throw this kind of stress on someone, stress is a killer, folks. It, it will kill your confidence. It will kill your ability to live and think properly and just to enjoy life. Stress is a major factor in your health and well-being and mental competency. And he is going to be under it for a while. And yesterday was obvious that he was feeling it, and it's getting worse. And the more mistakes he makes, the worse it's going to get. Because they have more ammunition every time. And even his own. Now, it's, it's interesting. Ducey's not the only one now asking the questions. We'll, we'll get into that. Vivek Ramaswamy um, was interviewed... This was after, I think it was on Fox. It was, he was interviewed uh, after some of the stuff that ha happened, I think, last night or yesterday with, uh, with Biden, with all of his gaffes. And we'll talk about those in a minute. But Vivek basically said, you know, it, Joe Biden's not going to be the candidate. We need to know who the candidate's going to be. And then, he, and then he even went into the whole thing, and this is what I've said all along. 
they can't just let him step down now because guess who's going to take over? It's all of a sudden the incumbent president is going to be Kamala Harris. They can't have that. She becomes the presumptive nominee at that point. Of course, she's the first woman president and she's the first, she wasn't elected as the first woman president, but she's the first woman president and the first supposedly black or at least half black uh, half Indian. I, I, I don't. It, first brown, half brown, half black. I, but, I don't know what to say. First woman, first female. Uh, I guess that's the way she identifies. I don't know. Depends on who she's talking to, probably. And so the, the, all of a sudden they've got that feather in their cap. And of course, you'd be surprised. They, they will jump. They hate her. The left doesn't even like her. They think she's an idiot. But they will jump behind her and say she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And she'll be out there talking about the wheels on the bus go round and round. And everybody's going to get behind her. And they're going to think she's just the most profound person in the world because there's, you know, there's great something in the passage of time. I don't, it's just, I don't know. She's going to be talking about the passage of time and how the time passes and passage of time as we waste our time passing passages. So there you go. I don't know. It's, it is a very tough, um, how you say, situation for the uh, DNC at this point, for the Democrat Party, because they can't just, they can't just pull Joe down. They can't just tell him, hey, it's time, it's time for you to resign. Because look at the competency of the people who will be filling his <laughs> – this is why I contend, I think it's going to, it, this will have to happen. If, now, if literally, if, if Joe is stubborn and is, is going to hold on to office tooth and nail, like they claimed you know, Trump was going to do, I, I, and I'm convinced the only reason Trump wanted to stay in office was because he knew that it was, the country was going to be damaged. I, I, I think he wanted to stay in, he, he really believes he's the guy who can fix the country. And when you're in that position, you realize this, this administration coming in is just going to do nothing but destroy this place. We can't let this happen. And I think that's what he was concerned about. He was more concerned about the country than it was about him. He was concerned about him, too. He's I mean, he's got, he's got an ego. Come on. It's, you can't get to that level of whatever without some, I mean, everybody, every president's had an ego. But so it's, it's just one of those interesting things where you, you can't, they can't just, we can't just walk out. So I think it's going to happen. There's going to, now, of course, he came out last night to make this big major announcement. They I think, they, I guess they interrupted all the normal broadcasting and everything. And he <laughs> comes out and makes this announcement, of course. Then he takes, he makes the mistake of answering questions afterwards. And you can just, you can probably tell the, uh, his, his handlers probably were just, Biting their lips, shaking their heads, going, oh, no, what's he going to do now? What's he going to say? Some, something else stupid now. But they, I think that they've got to realize he's, it's, it's a sinking ship. Now, I, again, the Democrat primary, the, the national com convention, the committee convention, when the DNC gets together to, find, you know, to decide who's going to be the, the nominee. By the way, Trump won the Nevada caucus. I guess it was Nevada caucus. Now, I guess <laughs> – some Nikki Haley, I saw this. Apparently, there was some kind of, I don't know if it was the caucus, 
there or somewhere else? Was it? I thought it was Arizona, but maybe maybe it was Nevada. Nikki Haley <laughs> lost <laughs> to. So it was her on the ballot, and I guess the only other option was someone else. Like you could check someone else or, or you know, unnamed, unnamed candidate or whatever. She lost to that to the unknown, unnamed candidate or whatever it was. People showed up just to check off the box that wasn't her. <laughs> she lost. She had like <laughs> she had two votes, and one of them was probably hers. Oh my word! So so then. Uh, uh, yeah, we had, so then we, I guess, but I guess, uh, Trump won the Nevada, you know, surprise, big surprise there. I, I think the big, the big one's going to be South Carolina. Anyway, so, so Joe is, uh, is there in this pickle and I, I think it's going to happen during the, the primary, uh, during convention when he, when he, either he's going to accept the nomination and then a day later, he's going to make an announcement that, you know, due to whatever, or a week later, whatever it's going to be, he's going to step down and the, and the DNC then is going to be in charge. Now, I, th- that's the only way they can do this without automatically putting Kamala in place. I think they're just hoping they can just prop, prop this guy up until the, until the DNC and then to the primary uh, convention. And then, and then they, can, they can do whatever they want. Then it's up to the, the super, well, it's going to be up to the super delegates. They could put Hillary Clinton back in there. Could literally happen. The rematch of the century. I would love to see that. And of course, Hillary wouldn't hardly have to run at all. She wouldn't have to run because I think it's only a couple of months away from the actual vote by the primary time. So it's, she, she wouldn't have to do much of anything. She could hide in her basement like Joe did. It's either this or they're going to, and then they're then they, then they come out with this black swan event, whatever where it's going to whatever it's going to be. But it's not going to be Joe Biden. It's it's Vivek. I think is very astute with these things, and he's saying the same thing. And, I th- and he even mentioned that the pro- the problem that they've got right now is Kamala Harris. They don't they don't want her in there. Now I don't I don't really think it matters to them much who's in there. Now they, they knew Joe was pliable and malleable because he had plenty of dirt, they had plenty of dirt on him. And speaking of dirt, let's talk about this stupid case that they've decided now. The DOJ is letting him off the hook because he's an elderly man who's doddering and has a poor memory. Talk about stabbing you in the eye. This is the, the, the DOJ now has come out and made this statement formally and, and said, this is why we're not going to prosecute him. This is why we're not going to. He didn't break any laws or whatever. He broke laws. He's the sitting president now, so he's, he, can have, he can have those documents. Oh. Is that how this works? And he, he, he complied with everything that the, uh, the DOJ wanted. When we came after the documents, he, you know, he, he gave everything up uh, willingly. He, 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 he uh, was uh, complying with everything we wanted and cooperative, whereas Trump, Trump wasn't cooperative. Well, it's because there was an argument about legality here. It's you got to prove your case to get these documents back. He had, he had a, the problem with this is, and here's the real problem. Joe Biden had documents in multiple places, unsecured places where other people had access, documents that he has never had permission 
or authorization to have in his possession outside of a skiff. Classified information. And do you want me to go through the long list of stuff that Jim Comey said about what was on Hillary Clinton's servers and the things she transmitted? These secret documents, the top secret documents and the classified information that she had on her server and that she sent around the world in emails. But no reasonable prosecutor would go after her for this. She wasn't even the president. And they just let her go. She didn't have any intent. She didn't have any mans rea. She didn't, she didn't have any whatever. I just, it just sickens me again. Like I said, it just always sickens me. <laughs> the way they act about this stuff. So, so they come out and they make these statements. <laughs> now they've, they've really put Joe in a corner here. They're saying he's old and dot, he's this old doddering decrepit man who, you know, obviously he just, he doesn't remember having these documents and where they, where he put them. His memory isn't that good, but he's the president. That's okay. So he was asked, he actually, he gets done with this. I should, I should play this because it's pretty, pretty, pretty hilarious. Actually, he gets done with this whole thing and he makes a speech about how you know, he's, it's, it's, it's a done deal, period. It's all done. Then he, then he starts asking less people ask, well, the people besides Ducey, there were other a lot of other people jumping in. Ducey did jump in and ask some questions. He goes, what, so what your memory, you know, you're saying your memory's, they say your memory's not that good. Is your memory that good? He's made several huge gaffes here in the last, and one of them was <laughs> during this whole thing. Turns around and starts talking about Gaza. How he was instrumental. He's the one who talked him into opening up the gates for humanitarian aid on, on the Gaza side and and. and on the, on the Israeli side for, for baby. He, he turned it in. He talked to both of them. They did it because he talked to them. Unfortunately, he talked about Sisi, the, the guy on uh, the, the Gaza, uh, the, the Jordan side. And he, he said, uh, you know, the president of Mexico. Twice. The president of Mexico, Sisi. Uh, uh, He's getting his borders confused here, apparently. Too many borders going on. Uh, and, you know, he's all about open borders. And he had Mexico on the mind. Apparently trying to open up Gaza. And he was thinking Mexico. And then he said, Sisi, who's not in from Mexico. Much like the other guy that I think he mixed up with Macron. <sighs> But we're well-respected around the country, around the world, because of that guy that's in place now. Yeah. So they proceed to ask him other questions, and they start raking him over the coals. And, this, and he, he goes after this one lady, and she, he, he says, that's, that's what you say. That's what you say. That's not the way the press feels. I think he meant the way the people feel. That's what he meant to say. Uh, I, when I heard the statement, I was like, but she is the press. What are you talking about? She, that's not what the press is saying. Well, you are, she is the press. There's plenty of people in the press who are saying that, have been saying that for four years, more than four. He's saying the, peop the people aren't saying that. 
So she said, she said, uh, she asked him the question, are you, you know, are you qualified to be president right now? She, he, he, why should you stay in president? Why should you stay in as a president right now? Well, I'm, I'm the most qualified person to, to run the country right now. Oh, okay. You're the most qualified person with the most experience to run the country right now. That's, that's great. Do you know what country it is? Uh, Mexico. I don't where, where am I? Wait, wait. Uh, no, I'm in uh, Ukraine. Uh, no, wait, I mean, I'm in, uh, where am I? I don't know. Canada. I don't know. I didn't press him any further on which country he was talking about. Probably the villages. He probably thinks the villages is a country. So, anyway. I don't even think he's qualified to run that. Everything I've done for this country over the last four years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we know. We're, we're painfully aware of what you've done in this country over the last four years. Three years. So that's where we're at, folks. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. I, um, I don't know. Where we go from here is, uh, like I said, they've got to keep propping the guy up. They're going to keep him in office. But this is huge, huge information, in my opinion, that, of course, the, the GOP will use again. You know, anybody running against this guy, everybody, you know, the Trump campaign's going to use this. You know they are. That he's an old man who has a bad memory. He's ticked off about it. Oh, he's mad. One of the things that Ducey said was, you know, you're, you're, they said something about your memory not being good. He goes, well, my, memory's, my memory apparently isn't that good because I, 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 uh, I let you ask a question. He was trying to tell a joke, you know. It was actually actually a pretty good quip, quip if it wouldn't have been pathetically bad. It was a very bad. <laughs> uh, it's here we go. So here we go. It's ramping up now. <sighs> we'll see what happens with this whole thing, but I uh, I'm just not really sure what's how this is going to work out. So, in the meantime, I want to talk about. Um, one of the things that's happening, it's, this is kind of going on behind the scenes. Now, for a long time, I don't know if most of you probably know this, China has been building their own islands out in the, in the South China Sea. And strategically, it's, it's being, they're doing this for reasons that are, uh, well, obviously, they need to take control of that area. There's a huge amount of trade that goes on through the South China Sea. It, it is a warm water port, of course, and they're, and they're kind of hemmed in. China's kind of hemmed in around around them by countries that are not necessarily, I mean, they get along with, with Russia, but they're not necessarily buddy-buddy. They're, they're kind of the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. So it's not really, they're not, uh, they do a lot of trade, they do a lot of stuff, but they're not, uh, they're not going to become a, a unionized, you know, they're not going to be part of, part of the Soviet Union there, and they're going to start a new one. The That's not going to happen. So we, um, they're surrounded by some, countries that don't necessarily like them that much. And so they're kind of hemmed in. So the, now what they've got going on is they've been building these islands and they've been militarizing them, putting in bases and, and uh, defense systems, that kind of thing. And claiming the entire, you know, South China Sea, they, just think, it's, they think it's theirs based on, the, you know, some kind of guy that supposedly sailed a canoe across it in, you know, 226 BC, apparently, some, or some, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird thing. So, 
what they ended up doing was building these, these stupid islands with these, you know, some of them have airports, some of them have, uh, or, you know, run, runways so they can land airplanes on them. Well, in order, in their haste, because they, they want to be the world's largest superpower by 2049. I think that's like the anniversary of something. And in order to do that, they have to do this whole crazy cheap construction projects that they're not doing it properly, not doing anything properly over there. And I, the, the thing that they're, they've really messed up on is that these things are starting to – now. All, all it takes is a few storms to come through and this, this, everything starts to degrade and, and uh, erode. And they're actually already starting to sink. They, they didn't put any kind of infrastructure in the, the pilings. That they, they didn't put in you know, the, the proper stuff that they needed to keep things hung in there and in these uh, artificial islands and reefs and stuff they put in. And unfortunately, they destroyed a lot of the, the natural protection that they had by putting these, this stuff in. Uh, so they've, they've kind of done themselves in, in many ways. Not only that, they destroyed a lot of wildlife in the process. But they, they're doing this, and, in the, and they've also, you know, now, now that they've done all this, they're, they're realizing that this stuff may not even be usable by, by 2049. It's already falling apart. It's only been 20 years. So they're, they're in, in this pickle now where they may have to revamp everything completely, which will require as much or more in terms of expense to get it you know, fixed, basically, to be that's the way those, that kind of stuff goes. Because all of your infrastructure, everything that you have there now, all the, all the things that they've done are going to fall apart. They have, to, they have to tear them down and rebuild them. And they have to repair what they you – know, so it's not going to happen again which is going to cost, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you do it right the first time and then you're done. It's, that's just, it's got to pay the, you know, pay the price, do it right. And you don't have to do it again. If you have to do it, if you pay, pay a half the price and you have to pay twice as much later to fix it. So you don't pay, a, you know, anyway. Um, so that's, that's my story. That's my theory. Um, is that they're they're going to be in trouble as typical as usual? But they they put themselves in these desperate situations. Of course, then they have to act out desperately, and, and desperate people do desperate things. And it's unfortunately it's, it could be bad. It could be it could be bad uh, when they start realizing that because their economy is kind of tanking. Uh, is it ever, not Evergreen? Is it ever Evergreen something like that? Something, they got a, a, one of their biggest financial institutions over there is really hollow right now. It's very, very, in very big trouble. They're, they're in a financial turmoil. So we'll see how this all pans out, but I don't, I don't think it's going to end well. Uh, like I said, desperate people, people do desperate things, and they're, they're going to be desperate, along with many other people in the world. So it's just interesting to see what happens, with, especially with the bread baskets being, you know, food industry being attacked from every side. Look at what's going on in Europe with the, the farmers protesting, things that are happening there. So food prices, by the way, are going up. I, I know that you know, two people could go out. I live in Indiana, and the cost of living in Indiana is ridiculously low compared to most of the country. I've, I've been all over the country, and I guarantee you, I can't go to a, a fast food restaurant now and get a, get a value meal anywhere else in the country 
for less than about $14. And that's just a regular burger, fries, and a drink. It's over $13 typically for that. What used to be four or five bucks, not that long ago. It was, it was, they, they kept it under $10 for a long time. And now it's like everywhere I go, it's always, it's always over 10 bucks. It used to be my wife and I would go out to a sit-down dinner place like Chili's or something like that or, or Applebee's or something and get two, you know, two meals with tip and everything, about 30 bucks. Now, we did go out last night to a particular – it's a locally owned place. With the tip, we walked out for about – it was $41. And I did leave a pretty decent tip. But it was – it wasn't, you know, a tremendous amount of really good food. It was just – I had the fish and chips basket and a sweet tea, which was fake. It wasn't real sweet tea. And I think she had the pork chops, which she had one left over, which is you – know, so she had, she had quite a bit of food. And our, both of our entrees, I think mine was maybe 14. Hers was 15 or 16. And, um, of course, my sweet tea was like 2 bucks. So it ended up being like $34 total plus a tip. So it was, it was, I know it was a little less than 34, I think it was 33 something. Anyway, so it was, so we ended up out the door, 40, I think it was 41 bucks or whatever it was. That's about $10 more than usual. That's, that's, you know, that's a considerable amount. That's 30% more than it used to cost. And people are hurting for this stuff. This is not, this is not easy. I and mean, you go to a bigger city. And it's, it's exponential. You had 30% onto a meal that's already 30 bucks just for a burger. And that's getting harder to find. It's getting harder to find burgers for, for you know, 12, 15 bucks. Burger, you, know, you go to a rest, sit-down restaurant, it's usually 15 bucks for a burger and fries, and then they charge you for the drink, four bucks usually for the drink, three three ninety five or something, whatever it is. But it's bottomless. Of course, we're not going to come around to serve you with, and give you any more you know, that, of that, but that's... You got to beg us and trip us and you got to yell across this, you know, got to make a fuss in order to get your drink filled up again. But, uh, but other, than, other than that, you're going to pay four bucks for a sweet tea. It's got about 25 cents worth of product in it. Anyway, not that I'm bitter or anything, but <laughs> so that's where we are, folks. It's hurting people's pockets. And I guarantee you, I, I see more and more people in the minority communities coming out for Trump. They are sick of this guy. They're sick of Democrats altogether. Now, I, I, I don't know who they're going to put in there. If it, if, it, if it becomes Michelle Obama, if it becomes somebody else, uh, everybody's saying, oh, it won't be her. She has no interest in it. She, or she can, yeah, whatever. Money talks, folks. People will, people have a price. And they'll take it. So, end of the day, end of the week. Shabbat shalom, everybody. God bless. Have a great, peaceful weekend. Take care. God bless you. <laughs>